He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports' very own NBA podcast. Along with Tyler Hugh, I'm Colin Lochran. Tyler, never a dull moment in Brooklyn these days per Shams. Nets All-Star Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. Of course, this is coming after many, many, many moments of turmoil involving, you name it, vaccines, social issues, and most recently, a potential contract extension. I am in shock still after reading this headline. Never a dull moment, Tyler. They should have filmed Keeping Up with the Brooklyn Nets as a reality <laughs> show. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the Nets get blown out by 43 by the Celtics. Kyrie um, doesn't do Kyrie things, scores only 20 points, played really bad, and subsequently um, gets lowballed by Sean Marks and Joe Tsai uh, really badly and requests a trade. The NBA world is blowing up right now. We're in the midst of a ton of action between we're, we got a lot to talk about today. You, I don't want to spoil the show for all the listeners, but we got a lot to talk about with the NBA. There's never a dull moment, as you said. As far as the Kyrie drama is concerned, the Nets offered Irving a contract extension that had some stipulations that he was vehemently against. This seems to me like the Nets just dropping the ball again. You almost lose Kevin Durant over the summer. And I understand that Kyrie has a checkered past. A lot has gone right and wrong over the course of his career. But at the end of the day, when the guy's on the court, he's absolutely filthy. And Tyler, from my vantage point, the NBA is no longer a league where players go 82 games plus playoffs healthy the whole way through or for whatever reason. It's just not done with load management, things like that. And that's not to say that that's not an ideal that guys could potentially strive for and do that, but with conditioning the way players treat their bodies now better than it was in the past, obviously, it's just not realistic. Absolutely. With, with nowadays, go ahead. Yeah. With the world the way it is, basketball-wise, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving should still be a Brooklyn Net. In my mind, why not just give the guy the max? Because quite frankly, what else are you going to do if you're the Brooklyn Nets right now? The Nets are in a weird position. Uh, you did bring up the load man- management. Guys don't play 82 games anymore, unless you're Mikhail Bridges. But um, the point being, these players these days are assets. They are extremely important assets to these franchises. With the league having more talent than it's ever had before, these guys are long-term investments. There's a reason why guys like Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis, uh, Kyrie Irving, they all sit out multiple games, LeBron from time to time. Franchise-changing talents, really important talents. They sit out because these guys are not playing for your random game against the Charlotte Hornets in January. Sorry, the Hornets fans. I had to throw a little stray at you guys. But they're more focused on April, May, June, the long run. What's more important? The playoffs. Kyrie, um, this contract extension that the Nets offered him looked like a massive low ball. Um, I have to look at the athletic, the report, but... um. Apparently, from what I heard, according to Sham Serenia, it's he got out offered like two years, thirty-seven point five million. It's like 
or forty million. It's like twenty million a year, and then another twenty dollars uh, million dollars on top of and it. And it wasn't guaranteed money. And it wasn't guaranteed the money. Yeah, the the money only guarantees if you play sixty five games a season, which I don't know if Kyrie's played sixty five games in a season in a while. Um, he is known to be injury prone. He already got suspended earlier this year for his questionable remarks. He hasn't played sixty five games since. 2018 when he was in Boston um it seems like a slap in the face to Kyrie obviously he doesn't come without his problems he's a very mercurial player um very controversial amazing talent one of the most skilled basketball players we've seen of all time probably the greatest handles of all time amazing shot maker um and his chemistry with Kevin Durant is undeniable that being said he does have his problems. Um, you could go on. We could list it, and it would, we'd be here all day. But, you know, Google's free. Kyrie is, you know, it's a hot and cold situation. It's a very weird situation, but it feels like the Nets really dropped the ball on this one. They've been really struggling. Since KD and Kyrie came over, and then they got James Harden, they had a golden opportunity to build a super team and be the mark of basketball pretty much run basketball after the Warriors dynasty what happened they haven't won a single chip since they haven't even made it to the conference finals Brooklyn right now fourth in the Eastern Conference holds a 31 and 20 record Irving this season over 40 games that he's appeared in averaging 27.1 points 5.1 rebounds 5.3 assists 48.6 percent shooting Tyler I acknowledge all of the problems that Kyrie has had I get all that some of it I think has been blown out of proportion. Absolutely. And I say that very, very honestly because I have kind of changed my opinion on Irving over the years, as many people have. I think this is the type of guy where what you think one day about him may not be what you think five minutes later Mm -hmm. because he can flip the switch. He can become really good. He can become a great teammate overnight almost. And really, that game against Boston we talked about, it was a blowout. They just lost that one. He handled the media so well after that game in my estimation he came across as a real team leader and for the Brooklyn Nets they need a culture and they almost had one right before Durant and Irving showed up and I don't think Durant and Irving messed up what was being grown there per se I don't think it's their fault necessarily Mm -hmm. but I think ego had something to do with it that culture could still be there with Durant and Irving in my estimation and doing this lowballing him with that contract and then now basically forcing his hand to play the diva once more mm-hmm. is not helping the Nets build a culture that's going to help them be a real NBA franchise here in New York. Absolutely. It is very much a Knicks town. Oh, absolutely. And you know always has been, always will be. And you know my biggest baseball take, the Dodgers should still be in Brooklyn. That's my biggest baseball hot take because Brooklyn really? deserves yeah. better. They have a chance to have better with the Brooklyn Nets, a serviceable team, a serviceable pro sports team. And unfortunately, that's not happening right now because they might lose its second biggest star. If you want to build a real culture, you have to build it around some type of identity. With the Knicks this year and in 2021 with that Cinderella run, it's around this workman type thing. With the Nets, it very much could have been, you know what? We're the outcasts. We're the guys that nobody wanted to deal with. Durant has been known as difficult from time to time. Same thing with Irving. You could have built something around that that fans could have really rallied behind. Even if it wasn't just, oh, we're the team for the Divas, it would have been something to the effect of, you know what, these are all the guys that were written off because they had some personality traits that were a little too strong for people's liking. New York could have eaten that alive and it would have worked brilliantly. It still could. And if you're Sean Marks or Joe Sy, you're dropping the ball on that one and you're not appealing to that aspect of your fan base. 
Absolutely. To all eight Nets fans, of course, you got to appeal to that. <laughs> that being said, the Nets, they had something special in 2018. Obviously, you still make that move for Kyrie and KD. You trade D'Angelo Russell. It's no big deal because D'Lo hasn't really progressed into anything. He kind of peaked in Brooklyn. That, obviously, great move the, to get those two superstars, eventually get James Harden. They rushed the culture. They, they jumped the gun. They bought into the, okay, we're going to hire Steve Nash. Yes, man. A guy who has played in the NBA, a Hall of Fame player, one of the greatest point guards ever. A yes, man beyond yes, man. Um, Steve Nash's playbook was pinned down to Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant ISO, Kyrie Irving ISO, James Harden ISO, or maybe the occasional pick and roll. That didn't work. I thought the Nets turned it around, got themselves right when they when they uh, promoted Jacques Vaughn from assistant to interim head coach. Something I think the Knicks should do with uh, Tom Thibodeau getting replaced by Johnny Bryant. But that's not the conversation that topic right now. I think that the Nets jumped the gun with this whole culture thing. They it all made sense getting Kyrie, James Harden, KD. I'm not gonna say okay, they traded Jared Allen, who ended up being an All Star and becoming a really amazing center. But they have Claxton now. It's no big deal. Claxton's played out of his mind this year. Might be the defensive player of the year. He's in the conversation. They have the pieces to be good. They just don't have that culture. They, when when the coaching gets stabilized, their front office decides to jump the gun and go crazy. Sean Marks, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't think he's a very good general manager. I think the Nets fans don't like him. The NBA general consensus thinks he's not very good at his job. Joe Tsai... Um, at least he's good with the Liberty because he is an awful owner with the Nets. He makes James Dolan look like um, prime Jim Buss. He is bad at his job. I think it's just cluelessness because I think it Joe Sy means well. He means well. He doesn't know what he's doing. But, but yes, given the dynamics in play, mm-hmm. it's very clear he doesn't know what he's doing. And right. to your point about the no fans thing, this is a team that's 15-8 and eight at home this year. Right. That's not half bad considering pretty good. the Con- Knicks are not as good of a home Knicks team are, this what, season. 13 and 13, 13 or- and 14 at home this year. The Mid. Ne- the Nets have a better home record. <laughs> oh, There's absolutely. a contingent that likes to watch this specific team play. Yeah. And with Nick Claxton getting much better game over game, I mean, the improvement that I've seen from him is right. remarkable. He's been phenomenal this year. You have a chance to compete this year. Right. Why not just give the guy the max? Roll the dice. It's all monopoly money. If you're, an, I mean, I know that's a facetious thing to say there, but it, if you're an NBA franchise, your goal should be to win a championship. Absolutely, specifically, Every year. if you're the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. that was what you signed up for when you did this. You know, let's run it back one more year and see what happens. Right. Then go through with that policy. And I know you weren't crazy about giving Kyrie the extension last year. Right. But, but he's after this year, himself this year, he's played out of his mind. He's an All Star starter. He's probably the best guard in the East. Him, Donovan Mitchell's kind of slowed down a little bit. Jalen Brown, same deal. But they're still amazing. Kyrie's been consistent ever since he came back from suspension. Locked in. The thing with Kyrie and KD is they are good team, great teammates. Um, any problem that comes with them is from the media. You've never heard a teammate ever say. K- KD or Kyrie is difficult to deal with. Every single former teammate loves him. Jason Tatum credits him with his development. Jalen Brown, same deal. All even Boston. You, we know Boston fans do not like Kyrie at all. It's no no secret. But Kyrie is an amazing teammate. KD, those guys just want to hoop. They just want to play basketball. No distractions. None of that. But since Brooklyn has a tumultuous culture, it's very it's up in the air. We don't know what goes on day to day. Um, they've had problems with obviously Steve Nash being a horrible coach, getting fired. They want to email Doka coming off of <laughs> Ace, um, you know, scandal. We're not going to talk about it on air, but you know, 
they, they don't understand PR in Brooklyn. They don't understand public relations, how to market one, how to market their team, two, how to stay out of trouble, three, you know, using their damn heads. See, I think they um, got it right this right. year with the marketing, and it started to show on the court. This team is pretty good they're when they're all to together. Yeah. And now you're in a position where, you know who their first round matchup would be? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, the Cavs are whooping them. No. Yeah. Brooklyn would have home court. You'd have a healthy KD at that oh, point. Oh, seven home games for the Cavaliers. Say less. Oh, man. No, no, no. <laughs> See, I think Brooklyn would easily win a first-round matchup there. And then yeah. if you go to round two, there's no guaranteeing everyone's healthy right. by the second round of the playoffs, especially not someone like a Giannis, knock on wood, because he takes a lot of contact. He's mm-hmm. always running downhill. The NBA is a conference of parity. Oh, absolutely. You never kind of know. You never know. Absolutely. So if you're Brooklyn, this is just, you don't need this. This is another headache to the agenda. You absolutely don't need it. <laughs> By the way, I'm just kidding with the Cavaliers. They are missing the wing stopper to guard Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will go for 50 every game. Or TJ Warren when he's right, for that matter. <laughs> TJ Warren, say what you will. Bubble legend. Bubble legend, streetball player, professional yeah. scorer, which Straight helps Brooklyn. Straight bucket getter. Oh, Straight, Him, Cam Thomas, off the bench. That being said, Bro- Brooklyn, to me, the thing is... Um, I just don't think they like they're so talented this year and they've really this is the best I've seen them since like KD, Harden, Kyrie are healthy for like five games at a time. Um they're playing good best they were playing good basketball when KD was healthy. I just think that the East is so competitive. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Celtics just kill them. The they do not match up with the Celtics well at all. I don't know if it's a mental thing, it's a matchup thing, but the Celtics abuse them every time they play. Um not going to say the 76ers because Doc Rivers is a bad coach and they like to fold in the playoffs, but <laughs> this is a very loaded East. So you, you're right. The Nets cannot afford more distractions. Um, and right now, this is a huge distraction because KD's obviously out. We don't know when he's back. Kyrie, I'm going to assume he's not going to play until the deadline unless he gets traded because why would you? Your team just lowballed the hell out of you. It's a double-edged sword, oh, though, because if sword, he yeah. doesn't play, no one's going to bite on a longer contract, even if they trade for him. Oh, so no, he's just going to be shuffling around. Well, then it's at the deadline. He can't. He's going to. I'm going to assume he sits out for a little bit until they resolve this and extend him. Or he's a free agent this year. Let him walk. He goes to L.A. or Miami, um, which is two trade targets that are in mind right now. I think it's L.A., Miami, from what I've seen reported already the pelicans are interested in him i don't know who else but he is a desirable trade target obviously it's going to be high risk high reward every team who trades for him needs to have a contingency plan you're going to extend him right away i don't know how he'd mesh in miami personally i I think i think spo i think spo is a good enough coach where he can deal with Kyrie. i think the talent will play out I think Spo just letting Kyrie be Kyrie. I'm going to assume Tyler Hero goes the other way to Brooklyn as the main centerpiece of that trade package. You get Kyrie. You get somebody like, I don't know, like a Caleb Martin or Oladipo. Matt Struess. Struess is not a good enough defender to play. That's with who Nets fans Nets fan should want Hero oh, if they can get him. I don't right. think Miami would do it. But I think Struess is up there. And I also think Duncan Robinson, they could pick the pocket there. Because Excellent. he doesn't play. Why also, not roll the dice? The, the the contract thing, I guess the money matches up. I think Hero it makes the most sense. Obviously, Tyler Hero's a really good, he's a good player, um, and he's young. But 
Kyrie's a massive upgrade. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. And Kyrie might be the difference between them being a six seed and being a two seed and being contenders. You get Kyrie, you get playoff Jimmy Butler, who we know the guy can play, and you get Bam Adebayo, who's having the best year of his career and looking like a cemented top four center in the NBA, looking like a stud. Kyrie could be that missing piece that they need because right now their offense is very stagnant. I watched it last night against the Knicks. Their offense looked really stagnant at times. Jimmy got locked up by Quentin Grimes and R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Tyler Hero was horrible in the first half. Had a little stretch where he had a couple threes. Three in a straight row. threes. Three straight threes just because we the Knicks left them open. <laughs> R.J. didn't fight over his screens, but he got outplayed by R.J. Barrett. We know this. And Bam played amazing, but you can't rely on that. You got Kyle Lowry getting paid $28 million to score zero points in three straight halves in last game and then this game. It, it just doesn't work. Miami needs a change and they need something, and Kyrie could be that missing piece. Now, that being said, I want to switch this up a little bit. The other guy in town for Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, obviously still got, what, three, four years on his contract. He cannot leave New York he City. Cannot I will leave. be destroyed if Kevin Durant leaves New York City. You know this. <laughs> I just want to rile up some uh, all eight Nets fans, as I said. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier when the Kyrie news got announced. I was talking with a couple friends. If KD gets traded, if the Nets decide to blow it up for a massive ransom, what tells you that the Oklahoma City Thunder, boy, who have a boatload of picks and a ton of assets, they have a superstar in Shea Gilgis-Alexander who's playing out of his mind. They have another young rising star in Josh Giddey who's playing amazing. Um, Really developed this game this year. You got rookies like Jalen Williams, who's played one of the best rookies of this year. You got a couple of just great talents. And don't even forget, you got Chet Holmgren, the guy, the wild card, could be a superstar. You got so many assets right there, and you got a ton of picks. What more could the Nets want than a war chest of picks and young players from the Thunder? KD goes back to OKC. This is all me spitballing, but <laughs> think about this idea. KD goes back to OKC. Pairs up with SGA, pairs up with a couple of those guys, builds a like a super team, damn near, gets OKC a ring. It would be like LeBron going back to Cleveland. That would be a legacy shifter because KD right now, people can say say what you want. KD is one of the best players of all time, super skilled. I'd say top fifteen player of all time. What's the knock on him? Ring chaser. Ring chaser. Not in my mind, but that is the knock. The knock on him is he hasn't won a ring without another superstar by his side. And obviously SGA is a superstar, but K- you could say in Golden State, Steph was the guy. Even though KD won one of the two finals MVPs, Steph was the face of the franchise and he was the engine, him and Draymond. KD can be that guy back in OKC, finish out his career, finish what he started. There's unfinished business in OKC. They blew a 3-1 lead in 2016. They could have gone to the finals, and I do think they probably would have stood a chance to beat Cleveland that year. There's unfinished business there, and the West is not that strong. What if he goes back this offseason? Lord, he belongs here in New York. No, he doesn't. Marks and Cy, lock <laughs> that man up. Do not let him leave New York KD, City. KD, don't you wish you were a Nick? I, I would I would just have a very <laughs> frank conversation with him, oh, as I, I'm sure has happened. Listen, I'm a Knicks fan. You're a Celtics fan. I would enjoy the hell out of it. I, I just want to see good basketball in New York, and KD is the closest Jalen Brunson, baby. Jalen Brunson's been very good, <laughs> but KD is a different yeah, no, type of, of K- player. KD is a... A guy who's got the argument for the best player in the world. If I'm Joe Sy, I'm sitting down and just saying, "Listen, man, you're gonna you're gonna be here. Let's try and build." Something I'm holding back. you hostage. <laughs> Before we switch up, 
The Nets do play tomorrow, so Kyrie is going to have to make up his mind if as to whether he's sitting or playing or what he's doing tomorrow night at the Barclays Center against the Wizards. Tyler, for your money, does this man, Kyrie Irving, get traded, or is he going to stay put as a net for the remainder of the year? Oh, man. He gets traded. I mean, honestly, my mind says he's, that he stays just because I don't think that there's too little time now with the deadline coming up and two crazy things moving around. Um, so my mind thinks that he does stay and they try to figure this out or he walks in free agency for nothing and the Nets look like absolute idiots. But for chaos's sake, I want him to get traded. Why not get him traded? Why not find him a new spot, uh, a new home, maybe a reun- Another reunion? Another home? How many places is Kyrie Irving going to call home and then try and dip? Mr. Worldwide, what can we say? Oh, man. <laughs> um, what do you say? A little Kyrie Irving, LeBron James reunion in L.A. I don't want to see the Lakers win. No, I don't either. No, no disrespect know. to LeBron, but I just don't want to see Los Angeles win. Oh, neither do I, but good hoops. <laughs> For my money, I think he stays put in Brooklyn. I think it would be a massive miscalculation to let him go. But mm-hmm. if we've learned anything from the soap opera that has been the Brooklyn Nets... They do not know how to calculate. And we don't know what's going to happen next. Switching topics a little bit here, the NBA All-Stars have been revealed. The reserves were revealed last night. I want to start out in the East and get your takes on it, Tyler. Bam Adebayo on the Miami Heat, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, Therese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers, Drew Holiday, Milwaukee Bucks, and Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. Those picks obviously made by Joe Mazzulla. He'll be coaching this year's All-Star Game. I like the reserve picks here. I don't have a problem with any of them. Obviously, people will say there are some snubs. There are every year. I would have liked to have seen Brunson get onto this list. But with that being said, I don't think anyone on this list is undeserving. I agree. I think this is a really good list. I think um, the NBA, uh, the East did a good job. Not gonna. We'll get to the West in a second. But the East did a good job. Embiid and Jalen Brown were locks. Let's talk about the locks real quick. Uh, Embiid, Jalen Brown, for sure locks. Um, happy that Randall made it. I would have really liked to see Brunson make it, obviously, as a Knicks fan. I do think Brunson is our best player, and I do think that he deserved it a little more, but Randall's numbers are undeniable. And um, Bam, Bam out of bio, fully deserved, great player. Some guys that got snubbed, um, I'm going to talk about real quick. James uh, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, um, Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brunson. Those four come to mind. Obviously, Jimmy missed a bunch of games, and so did James Harden. So those guys, you could say, oh, they missed a bunch of games. You could say the same for Halliburton. But Halliburton's been amazing. He's been a revelation. The Pacers were extremely competitive when he was there. DeRozan, a little questionable. Don't know why the NBA has him listed as a guard, considering he's played small forward for the last like six seasons. Um, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves, but the Bulls suck. So I don't. I do think maybe... You know, he didn't really deserve it. That's probably why Siakam didn't make it. And um, I, I would have taken Brunson over DeRozan. But, you know, I, I can't really be mad at it. I don't think it would have been weird to see the Knicks have two All-Stars considering they're seventh seed in the, NBA, uh, in the East. Drew Holiday, that's my guy right there. I am so happy for Drew Holiday. I know the Knicks fans are going to be like, oh, Brunson deserved it more. Drew Holiday is the be- single best guard defender in the NBA. You look at matchup difficulty. It's from- a hot take. No, it's not a hot take it's at all. It's a little bit of a hot take. Oh, it's not. He's clear- Mar- Marcus Smart, 
Drew Holiday has always been a better defender. Marcus Smart won a fake defense. Are you kidding me? Marcus Smart isn't a good defender? No, no, I didn't say he wasn't a good defender. I said Drew Holiday is much better. Oh, no. Get out of here with that. That's no. I'm going to listen. Basketball index, b-ball index, the, they make great graphs, first of all. Um, love what they do. They calculate matchup difficulty. Drew Holiday has the hardest matchup difficulty any guard in the NBA. And he's the, he's the most successful correlated to that. He is by far the best guard defender in the NBA. After that, it's like Quentin Grimes of the Knicks. He's up there with the matchup difficulty and all that stuff. Done an amazing job. Marcus Smart's kind of you know taking a step back. He doesn't really have to do as much. He's a great defender for all we know. But the numbers this for year, all we know, <laughs> for all we know, guy can flop. I think flop. we know he's a pretty good defender. No, I would take Smart on the perimeter on that issue. But no. we, we are getting a little. Did bit you off. see what Drew Holiday did to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? I did. this past game. They didn't score for four minutes down in crunch time. I think Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a pretty good defender. Uh, ask th- Ask Kevin Durant himself, I who's the best. Defender of the NBA. I think Marcus Smart has done his fair share. I don't oh, know if yeah. you watched this thing called the NBA Finals last year. They were, <laughs> they were there in large part oh, because yeah, of Steph Marcus Curry Smart. Abu- Steph Curry abused him. Ah, uh, not but he wasn't primarily on Curry last season. Yeah, you're right. But it was, that wasn't that, the match. Derek going White, for. a little Jalen Brown. Right, right. But Marcus Smart is an amazing defender. With all due respect, Drew Holiday is the best guard defender in the NBA, and he averages like nineteen and nineteen five and seven. On pretty good efficiency, kept the Bucks afloat while Giannis and Middleton were out, and was putting up thirty point, thirty five point games like nothing. Drew Holiday, first of all, it's been like what ten years between his two All Star appearances. The probably to me the most underrated player in the NBA year in year out. To me, one of the elite of the elite, a top. If you want to do rankings, I looked at it. I think he's a top twenty five to thirty player in the NBA, and I know it sounds wild, but there are not many guards I'd rather take on. Than Drew Holiday in a playoff series. That guy is clutch. He's nails. And if he doesn't have it on offense, he's going to bring it on defense every single night. Uh, so I'm really happy he made it to the All-Star team. Um, really no qualms with the East. Really no qualms. I think the East, they did a good job. Also another name that got snubbed, quote-unquote Trey Young, but he's been extremely inefficient yeah, not this, this year. year. Not this year. Not this year. Great, yeah. 27-10, amazing numbers and great player, but... Not very efficient this year. A lot of storylines. The NBA doesn't really like him. Uh, the fans, the coaches, the players, they don't really like him. It's so. a narrative league. It's a narrative-based league. It always has been, always will be. So, those, yeah. those are your Eastern reserves. Obviously, those playing for Team Giannis, coached by Joe Mazzulla. Really, so, Dr- Drew Holiday will be the first overall pick off the bench. Really <laughs> interesting kind of format, the way they're doing it this year. Right. The one thing I want to say about the East really quickly Julius Randle deserved this, in my estimation, yeah, so much. Absolutely. He got so much flack from Knicks fans over the past year and change. Including me. <laughs> Very happy to see him thriving. I would like to say I was one of the first people on this particular hype train when this year started, averaging 24.7 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 4.1 assists, shooting 34.1% from three. Not perfect, but mm-hmm. about what you want him to do at his position, at his size. Yeah. I think most teams would take this. Absolutely. Without knowing it's Julius Randle, if you just said, these are the stats, they yeah. would take these numbers any day of the week. Knicks fans should be really proud of what he's been able to do this oh, year. Oh, he's turned it around. He's become much more of a leader this year. Still frustrates me a lot when he plays, uh, just because his play style pisses me off. And it should to anybody, but, you know, he is the big. he's like the... Um, the most well-known person of being the no, 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 yes, yes, yes shot. Like when he shoots it, you're like, oh no, he's that is going off the top of the backboard and it's cash every time. He is very interesting to watch. Um, a walking heart attack, but really, really good basketball player and good for him. 
really really glad he's like kind of turned it around with uh amongst Knicks fans. Um I was not very happy to keep Randall this offseason <laughs> and for a good reason. He was awful last year, but you know, he turned it around. I'm proud of him. I got to give him credit where credit's due. Certainly. And over in the West, also known as Team LeBron this year, that one's being coached by Mike Malone of those Denver Nuggets. You have Paul George of the Los Angeles Clippers, Shea Gilgis Alexander of the OKC Thunder, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies, Damian Lillard, the Portland Trailblazers, Laurie Markinen of the Utah Jazz, Ja Morant, Memphis Grizzlies, and finally DeMontis Sabonis of the Sacramento Kings. Tyler, I'll tell you one that jumped out at me, and you probably heard it in my voice. Good for Laurie Markinen. Talk about someone that's had an interesting NBA arc. Really happy to see him in there. As far as snubs go, I know people are angry that Anthony Davis is not in the All-Star game because, quite frankly, he's been an All-Star talent for so long. But you have to play some games to get into the All-Star game. I know we talked about earlier how it's not an 82-game season for these guys anymore. It's probably more around, what would you say, 55 to 65? 60 60 to 65, yeah. Somewhere around there. But you have to kind of play a little bit in the first half of the season to get into the All-Star game. He hasn't been that guy that he was a couple years ago for L.A., so I understand why he's not on this list, and I also get why fans are a little upset about it. The West All-Star list is questionable. Um, I'd say five out of seven are good picks. That being said, John Morant, lock. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, first All-Star bid, lock, played out of his mind. Uh, If the Thunder were a little bit better, he'd be in the MVP conversation. Damian Lillard, lock. Ever since he's gotten healthy, he's been he's like recently he's been on an absolute tear. He's played he single handedly carried the Blazers to the last ten games, the number one offense in the NBA. Um, Demonte Sabonis should have been a starter over Zion Williamson. Um, he's been very good. He's for been Sacramento, unbelievable. He was somebody I wanted Boston to pick up last year. Right, we were struggling. I remember well, we talked about this, and I kept saying. Sabonis, please, because he can shoot, he can rebound. He's an amazing passer. He's like the ultimate player at the Y. He's he like he's like an eighty percent Jokic. That's an interesting comp. He's a smaller Jokic. Yeah, but he, he's strong as an ox, though. Yeah, he, no, he, he doesn't look it some nights though. He looks a little thin out there. It's right. not the same type of physique, but I get what you're saying, and that he can do mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. The playmaking is there, and much improved defender. Happy he's in there for sure. Sabonis is spearheaded, probably my favorite team to watch this year in the Kings. They are so fun to watch. Lighten the beam whenever at home, the home crowd. Might have the best home crowd in the NBA. Not name the Knicks. I'm going to be biased real quick. But Golden One Center is always lit. Um, another guy who should have made it, De'Aaron Fox. Snub. I mean, ridiculous that he didn't make it, considering he's been playing out of his mind this year. Um... But Sabonis, so happy for him. Should have started over Zion, who's missed like half the season. And we're talking about games. Um, I'm going to go through my locks first before I jump into my thoughts. Um, what's his face? Laurie Markinen, you mentioned it. I, I mean, like that. I love I it. I like I it. I love it. Laurie, some call him Laurie Bird. Guy's been shooting the lights out. He's like 50, 40, and 87% from the free throw line. Stupidly efficient. Amazing basketball player. You know who Larry Bird's comp would be? Luca. Yeah. He, Luca plays a little bit like Larry Bird without the playmaking. 
If no, Luka, Larry Bird was a great playmaker. But that's what I'm saying. If Luka had better playmaking, oh, no, he'd be like be- Larry. Luka's the second best playmaker in the NBA behind Jokic. But that's not the name. He's more of an ISO guy, more give me the ball, let me do eh. my thing. Larry knew how to play within a system. With that being said, I don't know if Doncic nah, that, has ever that, had a that's system just because like the, that. That's just because the Mavericks suck. <laughs> right. Boston was very good in that era, as you know. Yeah, Boston uh, was loaded. I'll give you another snub here. Anthony Edwards, to me, should have been in there. He's the spark plug of that mm-hmm. Minnesota team. A Minnesota team who... By the way, just from my angle, has not been what I thought they were going to be. Extremely disappointing, but they're they're turning it up a little bit. They're going to probably make the playoffs based on the fact that the West is what it is. It's kind of a hodgepodge right now. But Anthony Edwards is that spark plug. 24.9 points per game, 6.1 rebounds per game, 4.6 assists per game. Shooting 46%, which is very good for his position and his age, only 21 years old. I would like to have seen him get a nod. I understand why it didn't happen. There were a lot of deserving candidates in the West. I don't know who I would necessarily replace instead. instead the obvious one is Jaron Jackson Jr. He did not deserve to make it. I know Lee's league in blocks the per blocks. game, 3.3, but the guy's played 35 games. If you want to talk about Anthony Davis missing games, he's only missed six more games than Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm taking Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, I'm taking AD over Jaron Jackson Jr., I know Booker, Devin Booker's missed a bunch of games, but he's only missed like six, five or six games more than Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm taking him over Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm taking Darren Fox over Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm taking Anthony Edwards over Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, questionable decision to make, say the least. That garnered the most flack from what I saw on Twitter yesterday. Uh, I felt like what last year with Andrew Wiggins being an all-star starter, but Wiggins, the thing with Wiggins is he proved in the playoffs and right. played out of his mind in the playoffs, had an argument for finals MVP. Um, so if Jaron Jackson Jr. wants to do the same thing and prove everybody wrong, go for it. I'll be proud of you because he's fun to watch. He's a great player. Um, that being said, really undeserving. Can I give one who didn't deserve it, but I just kind of wish he was in there for my sake as a fan? Fire away. Clay Thompson. I know he doesn't deserve it on He's paper. He's been playing well. He has been playing well-ish. Better. Better. He's not what he used to be. All right, never mind. He shot 3 of 13 last game. Right. It's it's <laughs> definitely not prime Clay. Right. But I would have liked to have seen it because I'm kind of used to seeing it, if that makes sense. Like, I'm used to seeing him and Curry You never get. Out. You can never get old of that beautiful shooting form. Right. It's Clay Thompson. There's something, like, nostalgic about it. It feels right. Even Draymond not being in here is a little odd to me. No, no, I understand he's not an all-star statistically, but he does all-star caliber things for your team, and for a certain generation, which would be you and I, Mm -hmm. it's odd not to see those three guys all in the all-star game. Right. Another name I could mention that deserved it, who, um, I mean, if his team was a little bit better, would have had a very legit chance at making it, Jeremy Grant of the Trailblazers. Um, he's been unbelievable. I think he's in a contract year or I don't know, somewhere near that. He is very efficient. 48% from the field, 42% from three on very good volume, 80% from the free throw line, averages 21.2 points per game. And is a really good defender. He is a mate. Like he's a really good player. And he just, he's like kind of like the, the backbone of that trailblazers team who is not very good. But then again, he's their second best player behind Damian Lillard, obviously, I think that he had a case. The West was weird. Um, 
I mean, if Kawhi was healthy, maybe he has a case too because Kawhi's been balling out of his mind recently. He needs to play more, more games. See, you're allowed to miss games to still be elite. But you can't miss that many But games. you have to play a little bit in the first half to get into yeah. the all-star game specifically. Another name, maybe Aaron Gordon of the yeah. Denver Nuggets. Well, that's like, big trade bait right now. There's a lot of people saying he might be on the move. For who? Oh, not, sorry, not wrong Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Different Gordon. Gordon Hay. Gordon Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah, there we go. That's more like it. <laughs> not, not the I, I don't think I don't think the Nuggets are moving on from their third best right. player uh, no. in the midst of their first seed. That to me, the Nuggets. I I'm gonna go a little off topic right now. I think they're the most dangerous team in the NBA. I think Ooh. that they are my pick, early pick for the championship. I know Boston has the best record. The Nuggets are one game behind, and I don't know if anybody can guard Jokic in the NBA. That's my reasoning. And, yeah, they, and now now you look at it, Jokic has help. Last year he didn't have anybody. Now he has Jamal Murray playing like Jamal Murray. He's playing amazing. MPJ started to play well. Aaron Gordon's been amazing. KCP might be he. I think he has the highest shooting three point shooting percentage in the NBA. I think the Nuggets are dangerous. They're, they're moving me. I will say the Nuggets are dangerous, but I think this year's NBA champion is going to come out of the Eastern Conference. I can't be mad at that. As opposed to last year's, obviously, it's going to be either Denver or the East because I don't see any other team in the West doing anything significant. The Warriors, I don't. They're missing too much. I don't count them out, though, because when you win either. as much as they have, you can't count them out. It's a little bit like that Patriots effect from the 2010. Yeah, definitely. Where, they have Steph Curry. Right. They're, they're never out of they're it. They're never out of it. Even even with Clay, it's completely possible he goes off one night and grabs you a game. Same thing with uh, Kaminga when he comes back. Kaminga, Wiggins can get back to form, Jordan Poole. All these guys Mr. have an ability Mr. to go Holland off. Cold, absolutely. And it's the Warriors. But it's Denver and the East. Uh, one more thing about the all-star conversation. I've been thinking about this because we're at the point where there's too much talent in the league for the all-star reserves not to expand. The roster's not to expand to 13, 14, 15, like the normal NBA roster, 15 people per roster. I think people will say, oh, that will dilute down the talent. We've never seen talent like this before. And you look at this upcoming draft class, guys are only going to get better. You got Victor Wembanyama coming in, Scoot Henderson, Thompson Twins, a bunch of young talent coming in. Guys like guys like in the NBA right now, guys that are coming up, really taking that next step. Paolo Banquero, Franz Wagner of the uh, Magic. Next year when Cade Cunningham gets healthy, Evan Mobley. Jalen Green out west. There's so much like there's so much talent in the NBA right now that it feels irresponsible to leave the NBA All Stars to only twelve spots. What do you think about that? I think there needs to be a cap on it, but I also get what you're saying where yeah. if you expanded it, you'd give more entertainment value for the fans. I mm-hmm. think that's why the skills competitions exist. Is right, because right, there's certain like, guys that are just not going to make the game but itself. You, you think about it this way: skills competitions aren't going to make you money. The all star, an all star bid, can be the difference between like five to ten million in your next contract per year. An all star, all star appearances can make that much of a difference for money. That's why it's so important. That's why I think expand the all star game doesn't hurt. Why not try it out with this much talent in the league and this much discussion around it? I was reading, um, I was just scrolling through Twitter. Um, Jason Gallagher, the producer of Old Man in the Three, JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter's podcast, he tweeted expand the all-star rosters because he tweeted a picture of Jalen Brunson and De'Aaron Fox's stat lines. Those are two very deserving stat lines, like 22 and 6 on like 46 and 40 shooting and all that for Brunson, and then 24 and like 7 for Fox on 50% from the field. Fox is shooting like 74% at the rim, which is unheard of. 
those guys deserve to be in the all-star game and they don't have the chance unless there's an injury replacement which doesn't even that feels disingenuous it's kind of ridiculous that the nba is at this point obviously i get the argument people will say oh it's watered down but the nba is at such a good point right now with talent it feels wrong not to expand because the league expanded like teams and they're probably going to expand two more teams in the coming years to vegas and seattle for all we know why not expand the all-star rosters so we can see more talent get represented if they expand i'm a hundred percent on board to expand the all-star game if we get Mm -hmm. more teams it is with seattle and vegas going to be interesting to see what that all-star game has in store it will be february 19th in salt lake city utah quite an interesting destination for this year's game can't hate it, though. Tyler, before we wrap things up, I do want to talk about those New York Knicks. Let's talk about them. Big win last night for the Knicks, 106-104 over the Miami Heat. This was the type of game where it was up, it was down, it was back around. Classic Knicks game where you just never knew what to expect next. R.J. Barrett, 30 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. Julius Randle, not too shabby either, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Also, Quentin Grimes, 17 points of his own. Miami had a chance to win it on a last-second Tyler Hero three-point attempt. Could not connect. Knicks escape with the W. Bit of a rivalry win there. This is a team that's just hanging on, and I have to commend them for that. 28-25 record, 7th in the Eastern Conference. Heading into the season, I had said they were a fringe playoff team mm-hmm. or fringe play-in team excuse me yeah. now i would say you can probably get one of those top six seeds and potentially win two games in a series I, if you I were that. in that type of situation like i look at the the opponents they might have to face brooklyn they're not beating them you might be able to win a game though or two games Bro- the knicks just fold when they could play Brooklyn for some reason but you might be able to grab a game see this is where it all starts if you grab a game you never know. And true. I think that's kind true. of what the Knicks are always based around. It was the same yeah. thing when they played Atlanta. It was, all right, you're home for the first two. Just win one. And they did that. And after it was 1-1. One, one, and they got folded. Right. Then they <laughs> folded. But it was the yeah. idea of maybe just hang around long enough. Right. Thibodeau, for all of people's problems with him, I see you shaking your head. He keeps his teams in the hunt. He keeps his teams in games. Cannot knock him for that. Where is this team going, Tyler, in your estimation? They're going to stagnate just stay average and be a play-in to top six seed. I think Tom Thibodeau, I've said it for the last, since middle of last year, Tom Thibodeau's run his course. And I know last year was harsh because he was coming off of a coach of the year, but he's run his course. He's a guy who you can hire as a floor guy, a guy to get you off the floor, out of the doormat of the NBA and get you to a respectable level. But he's stagnated. He has stagnated R.J. Barrett's progression, which pisses me off beyond measure because R.J. is my guy. The thing with R.J., he has been sure he's been inconsistent this year on both ends of the floor. He hasn't been his best self, but a lot of that's on Thibodeau and Rand, uh, enabling Randall to like when Randall has one of those stinkers, like he did against um, the Lakers, where he played awfully. He didn't bench Randall. He didn't. He didn't do that. He played Obi Toppin what nine minutes. Um, it's just very bad coaching. It's he. I wouldn't even say it's to run the guys into the ground thing because yes, he does. He runs a nine man rotation. I, I think that's pretty irresponsible. But it's it's a thing in the NBA. It's not that bad. But sometimes it's like a seven man rotation. Um, what pisses me off is the Knicks cannot run end of game, end of clock plays to save their lives. 
Um, how do you get yourself in a situation where you're up five with like 10 seconds left and you potentially lose that game? How is that possible? You, Tyler Hero gets a good look. Anything it's, can happen on 34th Street. Yeah, anything can happen. We, we look at look back at the Mavericks game. We're up nine with 30 seconds left. Luka Doncic does Luka Doncic things, but still, sure he had 60, 21, and 10. I mean, it's it, Luka it works Doncic. the other way too. Sometimes though, I saw that R.J. Barrett coast to coast slam for myself against, From, the Raptors. against the Raptors. But that's I, R.J. being R.J. That's I, clutch. I was in shock when I saw that one. I didn't think R.J. had that. Up his sleeve oh, per se because he kind of zigzagged on the court on that one. Mm-hmm. If you remember yeah. the play? I was just oh, absolutely. watching. Like, he was going Ooh. coast to coast. Yeah, no, he's, look at that. He's sneaky, athletic. Sure, he's not the quickest with foot. He doesn't speed, have to be, but he he's he's a good player. Um, I mean, I saw him dunk on Vucevic in person. He had the forty-four point game against the Bulls, and then we got gamed by DeRozan. But that's neither here nor there. But the thing what annoys me, sure, like. R.J. has been, as I said, R.J. has been inconsistent on both ends of the floor, but he is the highest potential of anybody on the team, by far. You got, you got a guy who didn't have the great first half. He shot like, what, 3 of 10, and that's not a good first half at all, but he was doing the other things. Comes out of the third quarter, scores 11 of our 13, the Knicks' 13 points right away. Ups his efficiency, just going at Tyler Hero, abusing him in the paint, just getting bucket after bucket. Six-minute mark, he, um, you know... That was his last shot. And for four minutes, a four-minute stretch, we the Knicks were up 14 when he took that last shot. The next time he took a shot, the Knicks were down one. Going away, There's stretches in the game where they go away from their best players, like R.J. Barrett with Quentin Grimes. Um, it made him quickly. Not quickly has the ball in his hands a lot, but like they go away from their guys and what works, and they stagnate back to iso ball. Randall iso ball, Brunson iso ball. And it doesn't make sense. It's Genuinely, it's just bad coaching. It's bad offensive coaching. You see how bad the Knicks' late game execution is. It's been a problem since twenty last year. Last year, the Knicks blew countless twenty point leads. You'd you'd be like, okay, they're up twenty, should should be fine. But Knicks fans, as Knicks fans do, start sweating. I almost saw the Knicks collapse a twenty five point lead against the Pacers in person before Quentin Grimes hit the dagger. Um, the Knicks do not know how to close games out. The kid. Tom Thibodeau, sixty-five years old. He's been coaching for forty-two over forty. Oh, here years. comes the Tib slander. I knew it was oh, going to come. Oh, tonight. It, it'll oh, be coming. Man. It'll be coming. He's been coaching for over forty years. Whether it's been an assistant, a player, like a graduate assistant, whatever. How do you not know how to break a zone? I learned how to break a zone in CYO basketball <laughs> in fifth grade. You pass the ball, you swing the ball around the rock, and you get the ball to the open shooter. Ball movement, not dribbling the ball into a double team or into a triple team, throwing the ball out of bounds. That's the Randall special right there. But um, it's just bad execution, bad coaching, end of game plays. Um, the Knicks still managed to play drop coverage against elite shooters and managed to get killed for every time. If you remember the last Hawks game, we got destroyed by DeJounte Murray on pull-up jumpers from the mid-range, like 14 points in a row because the Knicks kept on running drop coverage, drop coverage. You don't play drop coverage unless you're Mitchell Robinson. We don't have Mitchell Robinson right now. What are we like? What are they doing for real? It makes no sense. It's just outdated coaching. As I said, Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau, really solid at getting you off the floor. Respected coach. Um, can there's a reason why he doesn't have a championship as a head coach or hasn't even gotten close? I think it's a little bit like the Andy Reid thing for the longest time in football. 
I think eventually, I don't think it's going to be in New York, but I think someday Tibbs might win a championship somehow. I don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> That's just a bold little take on my part. Not happening, I don't know. Friend. It's a bold take. It's a hot take. Oh. I don't have any real evidence to back that up. Back that up. Yeah, All there's... I do know is that Tibbs does not deserve all the blame yeah, for the Knicks are. <laughs> well, personnel-wise, you're 25th in terms of three-point shooting. What do you want the team to do when this is a three-point-centric league? Um, they can't shoot the ball consistently. They can. They have shooters. It's a, it's a thing. Ah, is, but it's not like... Brunson can have... shoot the ball. RJ can shoot the ball. Well, this year, he's been hot and cold, but... Exactly. So you have Grimes a lot of guys that are hot and quick, cold. Quickly can... Yes, they do have some personnel issues, and that's why I want some moves at the deadline get a right. bench score i don't want like the og on anobi for three first round picks i think that's irresponsible it's too much way too much and sure we have a ton of first round picks and a lot of them can be protected but i still think it's stupid um get a guy like malik beasley or terrence ross off the bench a guy who can shoot the lights out um that makes more sense i think that would help what thibodeau is trying to do because i i do think in his heart of hearts, he knows he needs some more shooters to do what he wants to do and execute. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing Evan Fournier. Do you see Evan Fournier? Right. Evan Fournier I don't have a problem a, with that. I, I don't have I a problem did. with playing Evan. I fully do, considering Evan Fournier won. Can't shoot anymore like that. Ah, uh, well, of course he's not going to be able to shoot when well, he's yeah. not getting no, he consistent has, he have, playing time. No, it's it's a bad situation all around with Evan, yeah. and he's handled like a true professional. I will respect him for that forever. But he's an absolute cone out there. He might be worse <laughs> than Trey Young at defense. Um. He checks in the game. Knicks thing quickly just blow a fourteen point lead. Back they blew two double digit leads with M forty eight in the game. And I was originally more critical of Isaiah Hartenstein and him being the reason we blew leads. Isaiah Hartenstein's been playing out of his mind recently, so I can't slander him. Uh, so I got to give a lot of respect to him. Fournier is the only reason why the Knicks blew that lead because the defense just got absolutely shelled. Gave him a couple easy threes. Gave him quick buckets, and it's just. I don't know, man. It's just frustrating because the Knicks have the personnel. They're a star. They're a star slash superstar away, but they have the personnel to be there. And I just don't think Thibodeau is the right coach for this. I think it's the right time to move on after this off season. I don't think they're gonna fire him mid season. I think they're gonna fire if they fire him or elevate him to a front office role and just like that. Pers- I think could be that could be how he gets his ring somewhere else is that he works in the front office because I do think he's been around the block long enough to where he knows what he's doing Jesus I'm a Tibbs defender he's gonna sign Reggie Bullock to a three or thirty million dollar deal Knicks fans were begging for it a couple weeks ago when the defense was when the defense was slacking off a lot of people wanted the reunion with Bullock Reggie's been awful in Dallas and I do but people like the defense see this is what I'm saying you need to either get a shooter or -hmm. a couple of shooters or here's my other idea I'll float it out to you Get a wing like a Therese Halliburton that can kind of distribute. A guard. He's a point guard. But he plays more like a wing at times. Yeah. He's got the size to be a he's wing. He's a 6'5". He, do, he doesn't really have that size. He's also a Looks, cone. Yeah, but he's a good playmaker. Oh, he's, can't, a, he's, he's one of the so best playmakers. I'm but thinking you get someone like Hall, that, Hall, opens things up for your shooters. Halliburton's not available. If Halliburton was, we would have taken him with the eighth overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. He is the Pacers franchise point guard, and I don't think he's getting moved anytime soon. Um, I do think that is a good idea. The Cam Reddish thing, the, the way they handled it was really badly. I'm not, I don't even like Cam Reddish like that. I don't think Cam Reddish is a very good player. I think that his fans are very annoying, but he can, like a player like him solves a lot of problems for the Knicks. A big wing to guard bigger wings. You, you saw when we the Knicks play the Wizards. The Wizards are a very large team. They have Kyle Kuzma, Christoph Porzingis, Daniel Gafford. Um, they had Roy Hachimura, Denny Avdia, who's been playing out of his mind, by the way. 
Um, Kuzma was just abusing the Knicks every time down the floor because RJ, really, uh, honestly, really solid on ball, really good on ball defender, bad off ball defender. RJ 6'6. Kuzma 6'9, 6'10, and can shoot over most guys. Quentin Grimes is 6'5. And when I say Quentin Grimes is one of the best defenders in the league, I mean that. Quentin Grimes cannot guard Kyle Kuzma. It's just not physically a thing. It's not physically possible. So the Knicks need a big wing. You could say, oh, they have Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is never going to play for the Knicks again. But hopefully the Knicks find a way to get the next best thing, get a guy in the mold of Cam Reddish, like a big wing to come off the bench. And a playmaker. And a playmaker. Yeah, I, think I, do think, I do think the playmaking is fine. I think Brunson and Quickly are really good at playmaking. I think they they do a good job. But I don't think it's the playmaking thing. The but play- I think that opens up your shooting. That would be my only thing. And right. Two, two Halliburton's, the Halliburton point I made, not that you would get him, mm-hmm. but I think someone that has a little bit of that size to play like on that. the wing, like RJ 6'6". Right. Halliburton 6'5". Not a big difference there. So right, Halliburton right, right. could theoretically be a small forward, and with his passing skills in today's NBA, that just works out very well. I mean, look at what Boston's doing. So, Josh Giddy. <laughs> Some, somebody in that I universe, that. I think, would open up the shooting, and then you'd really be able to tell if you have the personnel to shoot and, the lights out of the And gym. we could fill that role by getting R.J. Barrett more on ball reps. I think you saw it last night um, when R.J. got R.J. closed the game pretty much as the guy. And sure, it was ugly at times, and he had a couple turnovers, but for the most part, he was really good. He was getting buckets, just getting after it, making the right play. There was a play where he was going to go into the paint, dribble, dribble, make a spin move. But at, right before he took the spin, that step, he saw Julius Randle, swung to Randle, Randle, quick decision. First of all, probably one of the best plays Randle's made as a Nick that is going to go under the radar. Just that quick decision made me so happy. Swung it right to Quentin Grimes for an open corner three, cash. Got Mike Breen's seal of approval with the bang. Amazing. But... It's just getting a guy like R.J. Barrett more on-ball reps. What frustrates me with, with this, and I've talked to my friends about this, R.J. Barrett, you can compare him to guys in his draft class. He's been, quote-unquote, disappointing because uh, there's guys behind him like Darius Garland, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole. But those guys all had the opportunity, and John Morant above him, Zion Williamson. They all had the chance to be that guy in their rookie or sophomore years and just get the ball and let them like operate, let them learn from their mistakes. RJ was really never able to do that. And that being said, he kind of stagnated his development. I think getting him more on-ball reps would, one, make him a much better decision maker, two, make him a better player, and three, it makes the Knicks a much better team. That's pretty much my feel about that. But I do think the Knicks can be salvaged. I do think Tibbs... The Knicks have to move on from Tibbs as soon as possible before it does long-term damage. But I think the Knicks can be salvaged. I think they're in a pretty solid spot. Should be interesting to see what happens with those New York Knicks and R.J. Barrett with his development. Knicks back in action tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Clippers at MSG. Tip-off slated for 7 p.m. Little Saturday basketball action there. That's going to do it for this edition of Pick and Pod. Make sure to check out Pick and Pod on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcast. For Tyler Hugh, I'm Colin Lochran saying so long. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.